Welcome to season four of the Navit podcast, all about money stories. We all have a unique relationship with money and an equally unique story about how that relationship made us who we are today. This season, we will be asking navigators in our community to share their tales. We hope these stories will help us all learn more about our common human experience and dig deeper into our own financial journeys. Feel free to join the conversation. If you have specific financial questions you would like people to answer, call us and leave a voicemail at 206-405-0182. We will read your questions and have them answered on this season of the podcast. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Cat Rucker is the type to see things for what they are. See, early she had a degree and it was getting a pretty far. But she realized what she did for guys making three times as much as she did she could do for self. She put a job on the shelf and she slid. At 23, she started traveling the world and by 24 had her own biz. It hasn't always been as pretty as it sounds, but it is what it is. Now you can follow her tale at Cash for Cat blog or work with her via Rucker Sales Consultant. All of this before 30? A. Her potential for green is hulking. So clap it up for the young star who's clearly going far. Tell us, Miss Rucker, how can we get where you are? Welcome, everybody, to the Navit Podcast. We are excited to have Kat Rucker with us today, the founder of Rucker Sales Consulting and the writer of Cash for Cat blog. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, usually we like to give everybody a little uh, moment in the beginning to kind of introduce themselves and kind of tell the audience, you know, who you are, what you do, and, uh, you know, just give us a vibe of of who we're dealing with today. Sure, yeah. Um, So thank you for the warm intro. Um, My name is Catherine Rucker. I go by Kat, um, and I am the founder of Rucker Sales Consulting um, and the Cash for Cat blog, as was mentioned. And so I really um, started doing all of these kinds of things just four years ago um, when I quit my job to travel the world. And that was both um, the inspiration for the blog and the business. Um, So everything that I do is kind of geared towards personal finance in some way, shape or form. Um, for me, I found a lot of freedom in starting my first business at 24 years old. Um, and then the blog kind of documents that journey a little bit, as well as kind of shares tips for how people can start building their own business, um, how they can save money, you know, pretty much anything money related is kind of an entertaining <laughs> topic for me as I'm nice. sure anyone tuning in can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I actually had an opportunity to kind of go through the blog a little bit. And, um, um, you know, I love reading people's about me pages. Um, I cannot wait for you to answer this question. What <laughs> for you, what would you say is your first money memory as a child? What was the the moment you would say money is something that I need to know about? See that I love the way that you phrase it because that's what I was thinking is like, you have to have it right and so so the the one moment that sticks out where it's like okay i need to i need to figure money out and i mm. really gotta gotta get it together um was probably when i was around i think maybe five to seven years old i was pretty young Ooh. it might have been even younger than that 
um, I was at, and you know, part of this is probably memory. Part of it's probably the family storytelling and the photos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we pieced it together and now it's a full vision in my head. Um, but I was at a baseball game and I was trying to sell um, some really beautiful, you know, five-year-old artwork <laughs> to a stranger. <laughs> And he was not having it. I don't know why. <laughs> he, he didn't episode. get the vibe. Yeah, he's clearly not an artist. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> he does not have the eye. Um, yeah. And I was pushing, I was pushing some artwork. I think I was, you know, a, a good rate too. I was cutting a deal, $5. I'm pretty sure I wanted to buy like cotton candy or something of right. that nature. And the family said no. And I said, I'm gonna find a way. <laughs> um, and, and I love yeah, that's it. My first, <laughs> that's the first memory. It's just a bit of frustration, uh, but also kind of the realization, I mean, in big girl worlds, uh, words that um, money is the key to autonomy. Right. Mm. Um, but just kind of, you know, having some cash can get you where you want to go, whether it's cotton candy or across the globe. <laughs> right, right. Now, that's crazy. Like when when you when you were younger, do you feel like it was your parents that kind of motivated you to have that like business mindset? Or was it just something very natural about you that you wanted to be a hustler like you know i'm about to sell this painting i'm about to sell these pictures i'm about to sell candy bars i'm getting this money like wh where do you think it came hustler. from <laughs> I, think, I think some of it's inherent i probably got it from my dad to be honest um mm. so my parents actually had a family business um when i was growing up but clearly i was hustling <laughs> before they had the business um so i think maybe honestly it might be a bit of a family trait um a lot mm. of family members are frugal um you know they're they're kind I know with it um and so yeah it might be it might be just in the, in the genes to a certain got extent. you <laughs> okay all right so it's in the dna I, I could dig that um now as a child were was money like discussed like was that I, you know probably not when you were five but like as you were getting older you know do you remember conversations with your parents about like bills or you know investing or saving or anything like that so I think anyone whose parents had like a, a family business is probably familiar with this, but you're kind of, you kind of know what's up um, financially mm. with the business to a certain extent. Um, you might at least be like dragged along on like errands for the business. So you mm -hmm. kind of have some idea of like the workings for me though. My dad, like he was the person who kind of talked to me a bit about money when I was little. And so he was like not holding back and he put my butt on the register. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still like very young. I was probably around five years old. They got me wow. out of school. <laughs> I was counting back cash. <laughs> That's crazy. Thing. Yeah. Wow. So like not only not only is it like genetic, basically, but like you were you were working way before I had my work permit. Like you were you were on it. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I would get tips. And so um, you know, it's just one of those things where like I might not be great at math, but I can, you know, do some money math. And now I'm like doing percentages and stuff. Can I do geometry? Nope. <laughs> 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 but I can two plus two it. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like if it ain't about dollars and cents, it don't make sense. Like Exactly. <laughs> 
okay, that's cool. Like, and you know, I'm I'm a person who's all about like a work life balance. You know, mm-hmm. so it's and it's weird to ask this about someone's childhood, but do you think that you <laughs> had that? Like, you know, were you still able to like go ride bikes or like hang out with friends and stuff, or were you just like in the shop twenty four seven? Like, work yeah. is life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say um, I was kind of a book nerd, so maybe it went <laughs> hand in hand. Um, you know, the business is slow, you crack open a book, you're good to go. But I did sports and stuff. Um, so I mm. just say, you know, when you're young, you have energy. <laughs> Capitalize on that. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, I miss that energy. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> So now as you're, as you're getting older and you know, you were, you were into books and stuff like that. Um, was there any talk of, you know, college, you know, like, Hey, you need to get these grades, you know, you need to go to school or, or do you feel like they kind of left you with the freedom to choose what your path was going to be? Yeah. So there was definitely conversations early on about college. Um, Mm. Unfortunately for my family, it was more the, hey, we can't pay for that. So what you going to (laughs) do? Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, not in a bad way. My parents are very Mm. supportive. Um, But yeah, it was definitely, you know, pretty early on. Like, so we don't have that. Uh, You got to figure that out. Um, So for me, my dad kind of started talking to me, I think more seriously about university Um, maybe around sixth grade or so, um, Mm, particularly because I got involved in sports. um, And so I was I was doing uh, pretty pretty good athletically. (laughs) And so we kind of knew that that for me, I could go to a a pretty good school on my academics. um, But if you put athletics into play, it really opens a lot of doors, Um, scholarship money, potentially, or just getting into to, you know, a really great school um, through a combination of academics and athletics. So it was definitely a conversation throughout the household okay um i know it can be i mean i none of my parents you know owned anything so i this is a wild perspective for me like what do you what do you feel like your i guess your relationship with money as a kid was like I know, you know, a lot of times like being young, if your parents don't have money and stuff like that, you kind of maybe not understand what's going on, but you kind of feel that pressure. Um, Do you do you think you had any particular perspective on money when you were younger that maybe was influenced by what was going on with the business or bills or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, um, you know, money was an ongoing conversation. I kind of always felt that money was a little tight in the household. Um, Mm. Or I mean, it was said kind of like clearly. (laughs) Um, So maybe felt wasn't the right word. But you know, there was conversations around it. I was never like too concerned. Um, But I would say that I think that for me, it really manifested more so when I went off to college, Um, you can kind of look back and be like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, right. And that I would have a lot of anxiety. Um, so I, even though things were fine, you know, maybe well, I mean, it was college. It wasn't that fine. <laughs> 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 you're eating noodles or something all right. the time. But, but you know, you're, you're, you got a home. That is fine. <laughs> except for maybe if the dorms kick you out in the winter. But other than that, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I would, I would have anxiety about it, especially when mm. it came time to pay back um, student loans. Because like, right. to me, student loans was like, oh my gosh, how like that's going to take a long time time what kind of job would you even need to like pay that off you know right. you go from working an hourly wage to a to a salary job and you know you you have this anxiety that for me i think was um 
linked a bit to my childhood. Mm. Uh, but also, I would say that I, I felt kind of bored with money when I was little. My dad would try to really? talk to me about it a lot. Yeah, I know, right? And here we are, personal <laughs> finance blogger. Right, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's so you wild. You got to nurture the passion. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I guess so. Like, Because I'm... You know, just listening to the progression, like you, you were very close to not just money, but business, you know, mm -hmm. for a lot of your life. And then, you know, you go off to college. That's usually the time where people kind of figure out who they are as an individual and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But I mean, I don't know. It sounds like you kind of knew you pretty well yeah. before you got there. Um <laughs> And and what what was the college experience like? You know, I, I remember when I was reading your about me, you said, um, you were trying to go to like two year schools and stuff like that. Um, were mm -hmm. you like working at the time as well? Like what, what was that grind like? Yeah. Oh gosh. College was something else. Um, so I always worked throughout college, um, mm. usually three jobs. Oh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I told you you get you have that energy when you're young. <laughs> I I did not have that kind of energy. I had <laughs> something going on. Yeah, no, it would kind of be in cycles. So there would be um sometimes during sports season I would try to work less so that I could um athletically perform. Um, mm -hmm. but that money has to come from somewhere, right? And so sometimes that would be doubling down. Usually um summers definitely always two jobs maybe three um right. just trying to play catch up um and then you know ultimately get ahead a little bit before mm. um the new school year um so yeah i was working quite a bit um that's really where i started to develop the interest in in money i mean i think i was always interested in the sense that like having money is nice i want to make right. some money that's cool <laughs> um but i wasn't necessarily thinking like I wasn't even necessarily thinking too much about investments until midway through college. Um, so I was really thinking, okay, I need to make enough money to survive. And right. then it was make enough money to start paying down the student loans because I knew that interest was going to get tricky. And I was like, uh, mm. we got to figure out the student loans. That snowballed into, okay, actually, we should probably think about the whole investing situation. Um, and so I started investing when I was still in college. Um, and so it's, it's all kind of interconnected, um, right. but it really starts with, you know, you have to, to find a why. And for me, that was like, okay, student loans suck. <laughs> yeah. I want these gone now. Yeah. These <clears throat> are cool. <laughs> right. So, and if I remember correctly, you went to college early, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I graduated from high school two years early. Mm. Um, and then I, by the nature of the way that I graduated, I kind of had to go to a two-year institution first. Um, mm. I decided I'd go to the best one that I could, which happens to be in Santa Barbara. And oh, you see the photos. <laughs> it's a done deal. So I moved from my hometown of Sacramento down to Santa Barbara, which is extensive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very extensive. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was on the, the struggle bus. <laughs> financially but i was living my best life <laughs> i was crying by the beach you know <laughs> right i mean if you gotta cry that's the perfect place to do it mm -hmm. so in my perfect weather yep nice. yeah, yeah. it could always be worse tomorrow. oh my god nice i know now reliving santa barbara <laughs> <laughs> with with a much different wealth level yeah <laughs> yeah with a little bit of a different bank account so we're gonna see how it is now <laughs> Um, I, you know, you, you talked a lot about how you, I mean, 
clearly you're a grinder. You're a hustler. Like that's <laughs> not a problem at all. What what was your saving game like? You know, you you know, you're in college and you're working all these jobs, trying to ba- balance school, athletics, all of that. Like, was that something that you had nailed down? Was that something you had to learn through trial and error to be able to to stack your money? You know, college is just hard. And it just really is a thing that like, no matter what you do, it's like there's feast when you get your student loan payouts <laughs> and then there's oh, famine yeah. <laughs> when you run out of that, <laughs> um, you know, and that's the hard thing with college is it's very like, it's very cyclical. Um, and it's kind of like, especially with sports in the mix, you know, I could only do so much. So I might be mm. working two jobs, but that's because, okay, I can get like, you know, five hours a week over here, five hours over there. And mm. it fits between the schedule, you know? You're really just trying to to piece it together to a certain extent. And that's kind of, you know, the transition from college to out of college. I would say that was the most jarring thing because usually you're used to managing your bank account down to zero. Um, It's just like, okay, I got like 5K, zero, where's the next payment, (laughs) you know? Um, So that's like, that was a mental shift because it was like, you get your first job out of your college. You're like, I'm rich. Right. Um, so that's, that's when I was really able to start saving. So, um, I actually saved my first a thousand dollars in one month, um, during my senior year of college. Um, so (laughs) it can be done, it can be done, but that, I wouldn't say that was the norm. Um, but you start with $5 here, you know, $5 there. Hey, if you can afford a round of drinks on your night out for your friends, you can put a little something, something away. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Now that's, you know, you mentioned the uh, the transition from school life to, you know, the lion's den of the real world. Um, do you think that your time in school, you know, being away from home, do you think it changed any of your perspectives on money? Or do you think mm-hmm. you were on a, on a pretty solid course the whole time? I mean, I guess when you talk about it, it sounds very secure. Like, oh, her family talked to her. She knew at a young age, you know, like right. it sounds like very like a merry road. But the thing is, is like, there's so much psychology behind money that is mm, so fascinating. And you never like, you never feel like you have it until you got a fatty bank account. <laughs> and even then you're looking at it and you're like, why not 3 million, you know? <laughs> right, right. I could do better, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. So it's all perspective. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, money is like a tool, right? Um, Mm. And that's kind of one of the things that that really stuck with me at at a younger age is I don't think my dad, I mean, I'm sure my dad had stress about money, um, but he looked at it for what it was. And it's just like, I'm trying to get from point A to point B. I have X, Y, and Z. Can I make this work? Um, even like, even our family, like I get told stories about my grandfather who, wow, he was on a different level. Um, but he would, you know, family asked for money. He would give them like half the amount and be like, all right, make it work. And it's a bit of a challenge. You gotta go, you gotta go figure it out. Right. Okay. Um, You know, it's a bit of a tool. Right. And, and, and you really have to learn to kind of separate yourself emotionally from it. And that's really, that's investing in the stock market right there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Navit podcast. Be sure to visit navitmoney.com slash podcasts to join the conversation, access the show notes and discover other incredible money stories. Now, Okay, so we're out here in the real world. We have a general of idea of how this money thing works. How do we transition from 
we're doing the sports, we're doing the school to the work world. You know, like what, what mm-hmm. was your first job out of college? Where do we go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I worked in sales at software companies in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, mm. That was actually one of the reasons why I chose to, to get my degree at Berkeley is because um, the location was so good for finding a job after college. Um, so mm. I was like, you know, there's not a lot of jobs in Santa Barbara. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most people in Santa Barbara are there on their parents' dime or they're like retired and they already need their money. Right. Um, yeah. So so location is so key. Um, and that's why I stayed in the area after university. And I really just decided to go with my strengths. Um, and so you know, my degree was in rhetoric, which is basically a fancy way of saying like English, uh, persuasion, speaking, writing, that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, that's not directly relatable to a job. um, But it is really teaching you how to like put together an argument, have a have a conversation, that kind of stuff. And so Hmm. it works really great for for sales related roles. Um, And so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And so like, I was working retail and stuff. in university and i learned the beauty of a commission check (laughs) (laughs) it's a beautiful thing um and so that's when i was it kind of was natural for me to be like all right well i'll probably just do something sales related i don't know Mm -hmm. um i i didn't necessarily know but i knew okay go with your strengths you can always pivot later um but as far as a first job you know i was like okay sales that makes sense (laughs) right right yeah i mean honestly like for for your your history and for you know your education and everything like that yeah i that would be the the obvious move yeah to do sales and i mean well yeah and you're motivated you know (laughs) right and i mean you were pretty good at it i mean uh, if i remember correctly see this is my memory it's it's getting sharper (laughs) um you were making what like 75k by the time you walked away like you were getting dough yeah yeah, I was I was right around there. I think um, my base was around sixty two or so, and then commissions would uh, would top that up around the seventy k mark. And I was, I mean, honestly, a lot of that just has to do more with <laughs> the Bay Area, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> even it's not even me. Uh, but hey, you know, location's important, and you know, it's such a great place for somebody starting out their career because you can live on on so much less. I kept my mm. my college my really lovely elegant college apartment (laughs) (laughs) which is uh, probably smaller than a shoebox but it was a cheap (laughs) shoebox and yeah and I just really um I just knew that making money in sales was probably going to be the best way to increase my income um that extra little bit and so mm. yeah roll roll with the, uh, what you can and, and sales isn't glamorous you know not all, most people say they don't want to do sales um, right. but that's great because that's why it pays <laughs> exactly exactly no that's dope now what what exactly caused you to transition from working with or for other companies to saying like you know what? I think I'm going to do this myself. Like I'm, I'm going to employ me. Like where, where did that transition start? Well, I guess the the transition was, I mean, the, the most notable transition is when I quit to travel. Mm. Um, But I would say before that you have this realization working in sales is like, okay, I'm a recent college grad. I'm in my early twenties. 
I'm on the phone with high-powered CEOs at companies like Oracle, American Express, et cetera, et cetera. And mm. I'm making 65K a year, which sounds really great. But for the Bay Area where a room in a shared apartment is 1500 mm. a month, that number just, it, <laughs> it don't make sense. Um, and so I kind of was like putting together, cause you know, some of my coworkers, you know, in engineers making a hundred K plus, right. you know, mid, mid career people, a hundred K bonuses on top of that. And you just are like looking at it and you're like, so I'm hoping to make the, the sales, the multi-million dollar sales funnel. And I'm living in a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't right. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, again, I was making a decent salary. I probably could have spent more on my living, but I put more into savings. We're savings poor over here. Um, but, you know, I was just like, how can I build them so much money? But why am I not doing this for myself? Why can't I make mm. myself millions potentially? I mean, we ain't there yet, but hey, <laughs> um, we could be. And right. so, you know, you have to get, you, if you're not thinking about that, you're never going to get there. Right. And so the wheels were turning. Um, and I just got to this point where I was like unhappy um, with my life in various ways. And I was just like, tired of hearing myself complain. So I didn't, I did something. Right. <laughs> I and I I love that because I know so many people are so afraid to take that leap and to make one of the best investments you can investing in yourself. And yeah. you know, like you said, you you saw your own work, you knew what you were capable of, and it's like I I could totally do this for me. I'm out of here. I like yeah. I, I mean, it the stars kind of aligned. Um, a lot of lucky pieces fell into play. Some like some of my own doing some not of my own doing. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, I took a jump. I, I will tell you straight up day three after I quit, I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> like these are the things that sound so like pretty in retrospect. It's like, Oh yeah, I had my life together and you know, right. I and I started a business and we're good. I was crying. I was panicked. I was like, did I, you really quit on a Thursday? Yes, girl. Oh, what? <laughs> I was like, I got to go. I gave my notice, of course. Right, right. <laughs> but wow. I, it was a little spontaneous on my part. The ducks weren't completely in a row. Uh, but I, I, you know, I really looked at the numbers and I was like, okay, we got, I don't, I don't even remember what I have. I think it was like 2K. It was definitely under 5K in my bank account for sure wow. and i was like so we can be homeless in a month or yikes we can, take, we can take this money and we can skirt skirt out of the country <laughs> and that money will last three months and i was like three months sounds better than one um, <laughs> and being in a different country definitely sounded better <laughs> right right my shoebox so. now was that was that something that you kind of had in the back of your mind of like, you know, wanting to travel, wanting to work or live outside of the country? Or was that something that was born specifically out of the need to stretch that money? Yeah, travel, yes. Always hmm. a desire. Um, live out of the country, but I didn't think it would be for this long. <laughs> I'm on year three. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I wasn't expecting that. Um, 
yes, the business kind of, I knew early on that, Hey girl, this is fun, but eventually you're going to need to make money. You can do the whole teaching English thing, which I did. We all do it. (laughs) Uh, But you know, I knew that this was a great opportunity because when else can you start a business at a young age? Right. I'm like, you have a few months off. You better rub those two brain cells together and make it work. (laughs) Not two though. Like (laughs) two and a half, maybe compounding interest over time. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. Um, all right. So tell me how this worked for you. Like, how did you, cause I mean, it, it's just you, like, it's just you, it's your, your savings account. You're in another country. How do we, how do we build from here? How do we, where do, where'd you even start? You start by selling everything. Don't give it away. <laughs> you sell it. <laughs> You sell it all. Nice. Nice. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I've revealed this to many people. It's kind of embarrassing. I know. (laughs) Um, One day I was like senior year of college or something. I was walking down the street. I found a pan. It was new. I'm telling you, barely used on the ground, on the side of the road. (laughs) You you already know where this story is going. I was like, that's a good pan. I like this pan. What they doing? I snatched up the pan, used it a little bit in my dinky shoebox apartment. When it came time to leave said dinky shoebox apartment and travel the globe, I sold the pan. <laughs> That's a hundred percent profit, and there is money everywhere. <laughs> Yo, let that be a lesson to y'all out there. Money is everywhere. <laughs> you just Y'all gotta have your eyes open. Pans, right. Making three dollars. <laughs> three dollars is a wine in some countries, okay? You I was throwing away say, wine money. <laughs> if you if you look at those conversion rates, I mean three dollars mm-hmm. means a lot, depending on where it's you at. <laughs> three beers in Cambodia. And if you're at happy hour, it might be four. <laughs> oh, see, see, you have the proper perspective. Like um, uh-huh. Yeah, talk that, about beer money, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so crazy. Like, but that's but that's a really good point. You know, in a time where, especially online stuff, like you have influencers of all different variety and stuff like that, um, trying to find that balance of what do you give away to attract an audience and what do you sell, and and mm-hmm. finding that balance. Like, how how was that for you? Like. Did you just instinctively know how to make it work or was that like a trial by fire kind of deal? Oh, I'm still not making that work. (laughs) (laughs) We are in the trial, but don't worry. I'm sure three years from now, I'll figure it out and I'll do another podcast and it'll sound like it fell into my lap and I didn't work for Guys, I've been running my blog for like two or three years. I make like steadily like $5 a month through ads. So I'm still, I'm still figuring it out, but... Mm. I've made over a thousand dollars adjacently, like through like freelance writing or finding, you know, a client um, from mm. my business, like stuff like that. But that's the thing is like, not everything makes you money directly. Sometimes right. you're like learning skills. Um, even I work, um, so I have my business. Um, let's see, I have the blog. I do too much. <laughs> <Multi-hyphenate>. um, I, <laughs> al- I also work at Heineken, Heineken, Cambodia um, currently. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing everything over here. <laughs> um, and so it's just, I don't know. It's just really something where like, 
you start to put time and energy into it and it all starts to translate. And the more things that translate, like the more solid your skill set becomes, the more you have mm-hmm. the opportunity to like hone things. So like, I wish the blog was at a point where I'm like, I'm an influencer. <laughs> um, but the real bread and butter is, is Rucker Sales Consulting. And of course, um, you know, relatively a nine to five, I'm actually going to be going back to, to full time working for myself in June. And I'll be back to the struggle bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that you're like, tentatively excited about that (laughs) yeah well it's a little bit of a different struggle bus than it was the first time around you know we got Mm. some savings and and i'm still in cambodia right (laughs) Um, right i got some clients you know but this is really for me i'm really trying to make that transition from like okay i can work for myself abroad to Mm. okay i can work in california for myself which are totally different numbers yeah Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a big year for me (laughs) okay okay i do have to ask you know you have the very unique situation of living out of the country you know where you were you you're doing work and stuff um do you work with a majority of clients there or are they still like more uh western uh clients Yep, mostly Western clients, just because mm. it's so powerful to earn a dollar and, and to have that spinning power in a different country. Um, so mainly US based clients across the US. Um, right now, my main client is based out of Texas. Um, I've even had some clients out of Canada before as well. Um, mm. But just, you know, it's it's kind of easier if it's it's US taxes, blah, 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 paperwork, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <clears throat> yeah, even sense. even in, in Cambodia, you know, part of why like, it's like, oh, she's working, but can't you just do your business? And it's like, yes, but there's paperwork and visas and stuff. You yeah. know, you, it's, it's, there's there's adult things. That... <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's Heineken. Who wouldn't want to work at Heineken? <laughs> I, and it's so funny because you were talking about, you know, beer money before. And I was like, ah, I got that reference now. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's really cool, though. Like, I find it very... As somebody who, you know, would, you know, love to travel more once the world stops sizzling, we're not at a full mm-hmm. burn at this point. We're we're sizzling right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going away, hopefully. <laughs> right. You know, and I, I definitely want to get back out there and stuff like that. And the the ability to work remotely and, and travel and just, you know, be happy mm-hmm. out in the world. Like, I'm I'm quite inspired by, by your moves. <laughs> like, it lets me know that go? it's possible. Um, I'm going back to Japan immediately. Nice. Like, <laughs> like, I, every day, every single day, I miss it. I miss it like yeah. it's home. And mm-hmm. it like, it eats away at my soul. So. Oh, you're going to make the move. I can tell. <laughs> I, you know what? And I really thought about it. I would probably do like long-term stays. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, the adulting of it, you know, the paperwork Mm -hmm. and, you know, finding residency and all of these different things, you know, might be a little bit more than I'm willing to do. I mean, unless Mm -hmm. I just happen to be rich and then I'll pay someone to do it. (laughs) But um, teaching, teaching English is always a great like for those of you who are listening and are looking to get started. There's a reason why so many people do it. Mm. Um, it's a great way to to make the move a little bit easier. Um, a lot of places have programs. They can help coordinate it for you. And, right. you know, 
um, you're usually able to save a good chunk of change and and visit other countries while you're over there. So I think I think you should pull the plug. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of options there. I I might have yeah. to reconsider. Yeah. yeah. One of my old managers. Um, actually did a program in japan so let me know <laughs> okay okay look look at me networking at work but i think it's i think it's very it's very inspiring and i think it's it's good for people to hear that you know you don't have to sit in one place you know you you can get out there you can have that work-life balance you know that i mentioned before and you know live pretty well you you're not chained to this country you know you're not chained to wherever you, you know i'm originally from new york and yeah if you want to talk about soul crushing pressure <laughs> when it comes to money <laughs> yeah there it is. the pressure to succeed the pressure to survive and thrive and yeah it's it's a lot and you'll find with travel, I don't know how much people talk about this, but with travel, you find that other countries have a different attitude towards money and it's like mind boggling. <laughs> it's much. like so mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. And I, that was actually another thing I wanted to, to ask you too before we you know start wrapping up. Um, what were your interactions, you know, with, with locals, you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube, you know, channels and stuff like that. And, you know, seeing how people acclimate to new surroundings and all of that, but I'm always interested mm -hmm. to see what people's personal experiences are when they do live in another country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess Cambodia specifically was an interesting one in that um, it's surprisingly very familiar in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, so for me, growing up in California, especially going to school at Berkeley, the Bay Area, there's a large Asian population in these places. Right. And I was telling people, I'm like, we have hot pot, we got boba, you know, I have all <laughs> these things, right? And so it wasn't as like jarring um, mm. in that way to, to go. Um, and everyone's so nice and welcoming in Cambodia. Um, they even use the U S dollar. Um, oh, a lot wow. of locals have like some level of English. Like you can go to a cafe and order in English and the menus in English and everything. Um, they even, even the local currency, which is the real, it converts so easily to the U S dollar, um, that it's just, it's, I mean, I guess it's kind of like on easy mode to a certain extent <laughs> as far as, as being out of um, out of the country. But mm. you know, it's it, there's a lot to learn there. Um, a lot of people in Cambodia they they don't really have investing. Um, they actually their stock market just opened up um, a few years back, and there's only oh, wow. like three or four publicly listed companies on it. So like investing is not something some people do. Um, wow. So it's really more real estate based there. Um, they also have like a more family approach of course so um resources are more pooled as well mm -hmm. so it's really interesting to see that not every society um does money the way that we do and then of course there's there's the huge wealth gap um disparity so there's the extreme rich i have seen more ferraris on the streets of <laughs> cambodia it doesn't even make sense the roads aren't like that <laughs> right like that's such a weird place it, to flex like that <laughs> it doesn't make sense um and then and then but you see of course um poverty although i will say that if you it's the poverty especially i'm home right now um in california and i'm in la at the moment the kind of poverty you see here is like disgusting compared to cambodia mm. it's they're both bad not one is better than the other but you see physically where in cambodia people 
are on the streets, but mm. they are there's some level of care um, in their appearance. Out here, we have a homelessness issue that is more related to mental illness, and they're not able mm. to take care of themselves um, or veterans who are dealing with issues. And so um, that definitely takes on a different tone in how the, the people look, and 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 they just can't take care of themselves um, to a mm. certain extent. So you know, there's and this is this is the bad side of money, um, but that's why education is so important because you you really get to a point where you're able to give back only once you've kind of you know put yourself in that position, right? You right. got to take care of your Yourself to be able to do more for the community. And so these things have been a lot more uh, top of mind as I've progressed in my business and my career. Nice, nice. See, getting getting out there and seeing different things can definitely help you narrow down your focus and really decide not just what you want for yourself, but what you can do to help others. So that's mm-hmm. dope. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you took that time to, to, de- to develop that perspective. That's, that's really dope. Um, all right. So now... We're going to get into my favorite part of the entire show. We do some little rapid fire questions. Nothing crazy. And we'll start off with a light one. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. (laughs) Why? Well, I've always had Netflix. I used to be annoyed with Hulu's like ads or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be honest, I'm super late to the game. I watch the Kardashians now. (laughs) No. In my defense, they're hustlers. So, <laughs> you know, I watch it for motivation. I <laughs> yes, I do, honestly. And so, uh, yeah, so I got in the Kardashian trap and they just moved to Hulu. So ask me in a few months. I might break down. Uh, right. But I, honestly, I might I might just cut the, not even cut the cord. I might just get rid of all of it. I don't got time for that. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you're someone who normally has three jobs. So it's like when would i guess you're yeah. watching on your phone like that's work hard play hard it's really i'll go through like kind of like sprints where it's work 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 and then it's like for two whole days i'm gonna watch eight hours of something <laughs> dumb <laughs> so maybe i don't do it like every evening but i get like my little chunk and i'm like all right back to the grind <laughs> right right okay okay all right do you prefer to cook at home or to eat out Oh, that's a tough one. I love cooking at home, but it's actually just as affordable to eat out in Cambodia. So I actually get Mm. delivery. It costs like a dollar to have food delivered to your house, which is horrible for your waistline. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, that was a thing in Japan. I, you know, I, I, I would see things talking about how your average salary man doesn't like, he doesn't cook. He doesn't, you know, get in the kitchen at all and i'm like how mm-hmm. how do you live like that and then i visited yeah. and i saw what their convenience stores were like and i was like oh mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense either. yeah like, yeah it's amazing yeah exactly <laughs> i love cooking but it's like okay if i can get a pretty darn good meal for like five or six bucks even at an expat restaurant like why am i gonna spend the same five or six bucks and an hour in the kitchen and all the things like right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah makes sense um okay so yeah I, I guess i could ask this one which do you prefer do you prefer the california living or do you prefer cambodia 
Mm, for different things you know my friends mm. and family are in california so of course it's hard to beat that we got the sunshine oh my goodness <laughs> i mean cambodia has sunshine but they got humidity so oh, we're not it's a, about it's a different that. kind of heat yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't really want to hang out in it but to be honest in cambodia i live uh, my apartment is like 750 dollars split between me and my fiance and i have a rooftop pool and a gym oh my uh, i'll I don't want to know the cost of that in California. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, yeah, I'm in the wrong country. I got to get out of here. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So this is the big one now. Would you rather have $1 million or have $50 million, but a mime permanently follows you everywhere you go? I like mimes. <laughs> Who, they're quiet <laughs> i've never heard that before i like mimes what <laughs> yeah they quiet they he's behind me right <laughs> that's, that's cool can you do some sign language too <laughs> that's <laughs> that <be> I've, great <laughs> i've never heard anyone just so easily accept that it's like yeah him yeah, that's my mime. He follows me that's everywhere I go. <laughs> oh, what? If you had a million dollars, wouldn't you hire a personal mime? <laughs> $50 million and no mime sell. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Somebody got to hold my purse. It got, I, a, it got my laptop in it all the time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Put him to work. I mean, if he's got to be yeah. there, like... Okay. Yeah, he can help out. They can mime washing some dishes and maybe do a real one occasionally. You slide <laughs> a real dish in the hands. <laughs> Give me the mime. That's good. That's good. I'll put yeah. you to work. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, my face hurts from laughing so much. So thank you for that. Um, if you would uh, be so kind, tell the people out there um, where they can find you on the interwebs. Yes. So you can find Rucker Sales Consulting, which might go through a rebrand at some point, but uh, that's why we did the URL catrucker.com. So K-A-T-R-U-C-K-E-R.com. Um, you can find the blog at cashforcat.com. So C-A-S-H-F-O-R-K-A-T.com. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at cashforcat, but we're clever this time and we use the number four. <laughs> nice. There you go. There you go. And one final question before I let you go. What do you think is going to be your next big money move? Like what, what, what's the next big highlight you think you're going for? Well, I just bought the new iPhone and um, a MacBook Pro the other day, and I really don't make purchases like that. <laughs> I had to get rid of my iPhone 6S. <laughs> oh, wow. And finally. Hey, we frugal. <laughs> I mean, was it one of those situations where you go into the store and the guy's like, oh, yeah, you can't even turn this in. This is too old. I got like, my $30, okay? They, they actually took the phone? They scrap it. It's not going to anyone. Uh, <laughs> they pull the metal out. <laughs> I, I, I had a situation where I was going to upgrade my phone and the dude was like, you still have this? Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, is yeah. that a good thing or not? Like... I was a little embarrassed. Oh, you can change the batteries out and get another several years out of these suckers. Anyway. 
Good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's a tip. It would cost me just a hundred for the phone and a hundred uh, for the laptop. But yeah, um, that's my big purchase. I'm not spending money for another year, especially with the business. We called it a business expense unofficially. <laughs> nice, um, nice. Yeah, so I hope the next big purchase will be a house. Okay. Okay. I don't drive, so it can't be a car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thank you so much for hanging out, having a little chat, and uh, letting our listeners get to know you a little better. Um, Definitely check out Kat Rucker. Um, She's super easy to find Googling. like number one result so yes that's what i like to hear yeah if you you can't find her that's a you problem not a her problem i want you to understand that um so yes thank you so much for hanging out and uh yeah have a nice day you too thanks for having me thanks for listening to the nabbit podcast where we share money stories if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to like and subscribe and share this episode with your friends see you on the next episode